this episode of our Propaganda Diary, we continue looking at the genocidal rhetoric of Russian propaganda. We analyze the most common messages of the Russian so-called media and so-called experts that Ukraine should not exist, that Russia should de-Ukrainianize, quote-unquote, Ukraine, and that its strikes against civilians are justified. My name is Vladimir Yermolenko, I'm a Ukrainian philosopher and journalist, Ukraine World's chief editor. My guest is Anastasia Heresimchuk, who is analyst and journalist at Ukraine World. Explaining Ukraine is a podcast by Ukraine World, a website in English about Ukraine, brought to you by Internews Ukraine, one of the largest Ukrainian media NGOs. You can support us at patreon.com slash ukraineworld. You can also support our humanitarian trips to the frontline areas at paypal, ukraine.resistinggmail.com. Okay, welcome to the podcast Explaining Ukraine, to our serious propaganda diary. I'm happy to introduce Anastasia Heresimchuk, a journalist and analyst at Ukraine World. Hello, Nastya. Hello, Volodya. Uh, so thanks again for joining this podcast. We will continue the topic that we started actually uh, in the previous conversation, the genocidal propaganda, the way how Russian propagandists are actually trying to show that Ukraine doesn't exist, that it should be eliminated, wiped off from the map of the earth, that Ukrainians uh, should also be denazified, and that means that some several millions should be killed or deported. This was actually behind this war, so we should actually understand how the Russian information space is uh, full of these messages. And in our previous episode, we focused uh, primarily on politicians, although there were some top Russian propagandists. In this podcast, we'll focus more on the so-called journalists, so-called experts, who are, of course, we understand that we, we use them in quotation marks, these words, because they're primarily propagandists. But we'll also start from the with a politician, with a notorious politician, former Russian president, who is called Dmitry Medvedev, who recently wrote a typically for himself aggressive article uh, actually threatening the world, not only Ukraine, with the clear genocidal rhetoric against the whole world. Uh, can you tell us a little bit, Nastya? Yes, Dmitry Medvedev doesn't stop surprising us with his uh, so-called, let's say, genius uh, ideas about uh, history, about what should be done with the world, etc. So in his article, basically, he reinvents history again. But the main difference from uh, all so-called extorted historical uh, articles is that he threatens the world. And he says that, okay, uh, if if the world doesn't want to have Russia, if the world deny uh, Russian claims, then the world shouldn't exist. And I will uh, give you the quote from his article. He tells that if the question of existence of Russia arises, it will be, uh, it will by no means be resolved on the Ukrainian front, but together with the question of the future existence of the entire human civilization. We don't need the world without Russia. So, of course, we can laugh at his fantasies, we can get shocked, uh, we wouldn't take it seriously, of course, if we are sane people. But uh, it's not true for all of the people, uh, especially in Russia when they are poisoned by their 
propaganda. When a public official uh, addresses them this way, it mostly raises their patriotic feelings. Of course, not of the whole Russian population, but still it's appealing uh, to their patriotic sentiments. They are behaved in this way and they have been brainwashed for long, long years. So in fact, we may seem think that it's funny, it's crazy, but in fact, it's very, very dangerous because now Russian propagandists prepare Russians for, you know, uh, self-sacrifice. They uh, have problems on the in the front line. They have problems in diplomatic front. And what should Russians do? They should sacrifice their lives because, as they say, the world cannot exist without Russia. Yes, this is very, very uh, serious. Uh, I would not say uh, at all that this is funny. Dmitry Medvedev, let me remind to our audience, is a former Russian president when he exchanged with Putin for the short uh, time between 2008 and 2012. And, uh, of course, everybody here in Ukraine, everybody from the opposition in Russia, everybody in Eastern Europe understood that this is not a real president, that this is just, just a replacement, that this is a, a, a toy uh, picked up by Putin to continue Putin's reign. We all remember that Putin became a prime minister, but he, ha he actually had the whole power. Medvedev is also behind uh, Russia's invasion of Georgia. Formerly, it was in Medvedev who was saying that, uh, uh, well, who was behind this, who was a, a face of this war, who actually declared that Russia will attack Georgia in, in uh, 2008. And now um, he was downgraded for a very, very, I would say, pejorative position, right? He is a deputy secretary of the Russian Security and Defense Council. He's not even secretary, so he's a deputy secretary. He's not the prime minister. He's not a head of the Security Council. He's not a head of the parliament. So this is a very, I would say, humiliating uh, position. But his role right now is to say aggressively probably what Russian elites think, what Putin uh, cannot say uh, with his words. Although we remember that sometimes he used this apocalyptic rhetoric as well. But this is what Medvedev was saying. And of course, it resonates with earlier statements of Russian propagandists. We all remember what uh, Mr. Kisilov said once, that Russia can turn the world uh, into the radioactive uh, waste, radioactive ash. Uh, this is a quote. Uh, but this is what's happening now. This is what Medvedev was saying. There is no sense in this world when there is no Russia. That means, and this resonates with the latest statement of Putin, uh, that he started, you know, to developing this argument that, look, the West wants to split Russia into different ethnicities, into different um, countries. And uh, interestingly, that this kind of a Putin tries to use this anti-imperialist narrative, anti-imperialist statements and feelings that we Ukrainians have, that Russia is an empire and therefore it is going to collapse as the other uh, em European empires. But uh, Putin is trying to use this for uh, his benefit, for the benefit of Russia, saying a few days ago that this is what the West want. And Medvedev tries to continue the story and saying that 
if the West achieves this, this goal, the world doesn't make sense. The world should disappear. We should just understand, uh, of course, how he's mobilizing his own people. And I, I think you're right, absolutely, Nastya, that he is actually giving this message for the Russians themselves. Look, you, you are going to suffer uh, and uh, you will suffer, but the stakes are high and uh, the world doesn't make sense without Russia. Let's turn to another author. This was an article widely disp- discussed in Ukraine. It was published back in April. And, uh, right, it's an article by Timofey Sergeyev. And the, it was called, uh, What Should Russia Do With Ukraine? It's interesting that it was published when Russia was first defeated in Ukraine, when, it, when there was a withdrawal of troops from Kiev and Sume and Chernihiv from the north, and he published this article. Maybe you will quote some of the statements. Yes, this article definitely is definitely worth mentioning because it's so notorious and it's it outlines the whole plan, the whole ideology of uh, Russian actions in Ukraine. Actually, uh, before quoting, I will give a short outline of what, what was there and maybe let's think why it, it, it happened exactly uh, at the time of Russian huge defeats. So it's also one of the ways of mobilization of the population, of course, and it was necessary to create the image that uh, Russia is acting according to plan and it doesn't matter what happens, Russia is going to fulfill its so-called mission to benefit something that was poisoned by Nazism, as they say. And his main idea was um, to give a step-by-step plan how to deprive Ukraine, not, not how to deprive, but how to liberate Ukraine from so-called Nazis. And uh, he also mentioned Russia as the um, state which has a noble mission. And he says such things. For example, the denazifying state, Russia, cannot proceed from a liberal approach regarding denazification. The ideology of denazifier cannot be disputed by the guilty party subjected to denazification. Russia's recognition of the need to denazify Ukraine means the recognition of the impossibility of the Crimean scenario for Ukraine as a whole. So he said that Ukrainians basically don't have a voice. They are um, they have to succumb to what Russians are going to do with them. And he also it, it's very important. It's almost hidden between lines, but that's very important that he uh, makes denazification and the de- de- Ukrainization equal things. He says that denazification will inevitably also be a de-Ukrainization a rejection of the large-scale artificial exaggeration of the ethnic components of self-identification of the population, of the territories of historical Malorossia, Little Russia, and Novorossia, New Russia, began by Soviet authorities. So he rejects the whole idea of uh, Ukrainianism, of something uh, purely Ukrainian. Yes, I think uh, Sergei have explained what Putin actually meant by denazification. Uh, which means clearly and openly, he said, that denazification will inevitably be a de-Ukrainization. That's a clear statement. And uh, he also said that the name Ukraine should not be retained. So you, the, the very name Ukraine should 
disappear. So we, we, we don't have a, even a right on our own name. And, and this is a very important thing because, you know, uh, we're discussing right now, we have been discussing a few years ago, this process of decommunization in Ukraine when Ukrainians started changing the names of the streets, etc. And it was, uh, it was actually met with lots of criticism all over the world, which I would say was quite superficial criticism because it was criticizing the act of changing the names without understanding that this changing of the names was a response to the previous changing of the names. So the first Russia, Russian Empire, was wiping off the Ukrainian names, the Ukrainian artists, the Ukrainian intellectuals, the Ukrainian cultural figures, politicians, so that these names would be forgotten. And then uh, introducing uh, communist and Russian names. And here we, we are facing with the idea that the whole name Ukraine should also disappear and should also be changed into something different. For example, Malarosia, Little Russia. Let's uh, also say that this is a very important. This is not just an article on some marginal resource. It was published by RIA Novosti, which is a top Russian news agency, which is a, a, a top Russian propagandist uh, agency. Uh, and all these key uh, Russian propagandists, like, like Kisilov and others, are linked to it, like Russia Today are linked to this. So it's, it's not... It's, it's, it's very important that it was published on this uh, site. And interestingly, actually, it kind of provided this ideology for ethnic cleansing and for this genocide, which was actually happening in the previous months in March around Kiev and other places, and which started happening, by the way, in Kharkiv Oblast, in Izum afterwards, in, in, in months of April and next. Let's move, uh, move forward, and uh, one of the authors that you suggest to discuss is called uh, Alek Matveychev, who is a Russian philosopher, politician, political scientist. We all use these words uh, in quotation marks. They all actually actually propagandists. Uh, who is deputy of the State Duma of the Federal Assembly. And uh, until 2020, he worked as professor at the National Research University Higher School of Economics. So, uh, can you quote some of his statements? Um, yes, one of his statements is so notorious and it's it bears all the features of genocidal rhetoric because he offers to and annihilate Ukraine as it is. He says in uh, one of his comments to uh, Russian media, he told that even the very concept of Ukraine should not exist in the future, and the concept of Ukrainian should not exist in the future. So he directly says that Ukraine, Ukrainians and anything Ukrainian shouldn't exist. So he calls on, maybe not directly, he doesn't say that let's kill them all, but his statement statement actually um, gives this hint that we all we all Ukrainians should be exterminated, and um, it's so scary even to think that such words are told by a person who represents the Russian parliament, and these words are said by a person who represents the academia. He is a professor. 
that's very scary because even those people who tend not to believe uh, to what's said in political shows or who don't want to listen to journalists, for example, they consider such people as politicians or professors at universities to be um, to be experts, to be to be credible, to be respected. And if they say something, then it must be true. And by the way, I also wanted to add to your previous comment about the mass killings and about that genocide that Russians were committed in Kiev region and started doing it in uh, Kharkiv region. Um, those words about the de-Ukrainization, etc., they were also told to support these purges, if we can say so, so that no one in Russia asks questions about, because there are definitely people who would say, why are executing all those people? So they were pre preparing minds of those people, saying that that's a part of the process, we must do it. Right, absolutely right. Um, let's move on, and uh, another person we can discuss is called Pavel Danilin, who is a political expert and director of the Center of Political Analysis. Um, he also published uh, an article, or rather it was said uh, on a round table, which a notorious name Ukrainian terrorism. So uh, as Russia is clearly a terroristic state, which is uh, targeting Ukrainian civilian infrastructure, they mirror this argument, uh, something that we discussed already in one of our previous episodes about the methods, instruments of the Russian propaganda, this mirroring, this mirror reflection, uh, this whataboutism, this, uh, you know, statement is trying to reverse the argument. If they are blamed of um, terrorism, then they will blame of terrorism, etc. Uh, it was said in November 2022. Uh, can you quote? Yes, He's, he told, um, he asked this question, how one can defeat this Ukrainian terrorism? And the answer was, only by destroying modern Ukrainian state as the anti-Russian state. And that's also very interesting about Russian propaganda. They hide their uh, genocidal rhetoric under the pretext of um, coping with, of fighting against Ukrainian, so-called Ukrainian terrorism. And they devote the whole round tables, whole articles to this topic. So this round table, uh, at this round table were present people from expert uh, society, from politics, from universities, and they seriously discussed such questions. And they were telling that, like, destroying modern Ukraine is the solution to their problem then they invented. Yes, uh, and not only destroying Ukraine, we remember that uh, that in October, starting from October, Russians started massively, uh, massive missile strikes against the Ukrainian civilian infrastructure. Uh, we remember this massive strike on the 10th of October when there was uh, up to 100, maybe 80 missiles sent on Russian cities. Ukraine was not very well prepared at this moment, although many missiles were downed. But then it became kind of a practice. Every week, every 10 days, it's, it's now actually less and less regular. But at that moment, in October 2022, Russian propagandists were confident that this is a way to victory. Uh, 
And of course, we understand that this was made when Russians started uh, feeling huge defeats on the front line, when they lost a big number, big territories in Kharkiv Oblast, and what the, when there was a risk that they will lose Kherson. And in November, as we know, Kherson was liberated by the Ukrainian army. But some of the propagandists, one of them is Givorg Mirzayan, uh, who is a political expert, journalist, and associate professor of the uh, at the Financial University under the Russian federa- uh, federal government. So uh, he said an important important things about these missile strikes. And Nastya, I hope you will quote his statements. Yes, he fully supported the missile strikes and those crimes Russian army uh, was committing and continues committing in Ukraine. And he told that Russia has made a political decision to destroy Ukrainian infrastructure. Winter is coming. And these strikes will not only have a chilling effect on the Ukrainian terrorists, but will weaken the armed forces of Ukraine offensive enthusiasm. And several weeks after, there will be a Russian offensive and further liberation of both the temporarily occupied by Kiev Russian territories, but also the temporarily occupied by Kiev the future Russian territories. And the very terrorists terrorists will be continuously destroyed. So That's co- how, yeah. yes. Of course, they're not destroying terrorists. They are killing civilian people. They made all of the Ukrainian population to suffer, to live without electricity, water, heating, canalization, um, connection, mobile connections, and uh, with in, in, in the constant fear. And um, and yeah, this is this is what, what was happening. But he this person, this uh, Mr. Mirzayan was actually justifying it and thinking it will lead to eventual Russian victory. We, we, we see that it didn't. So these propagandists, not only they spread this absolute immoral uh, calls for, for genocide and for attack on civilian infrastructure, but they also lie. They also lie to their own population and saying, okay, this is the path to victory. Another element of the genocidal propaganda is the calls for deportation and uh, creating these uh, conditions for deportation. We know that the Russian regimes all over history was very, very strong in deporting huge number of people. And I not only mentioned the Soviet regime, deportation of Crimean Tatars or uh, deportation of Ukrainians from the Western Ukraine or or other nationalities, Germans, Poles, but uh, also uh, in Russian Empire, uh, starting from the late 18th century. But here's what one of the uh, propagandists, who is called, uh, whose name is Sergei Mikheyev, and he said, uh, he's the head of the Institute for Caspian Corporation, and he said uh, in um, on a program with Solovyov, with top Russian propagandists in November, Sunday evening with Solovyov, that there is a need to ensure this deportation. What exactly did he say? Um, He said exactly these words. We need to make sure that Ukraine will have to send 10-15 million refugees to Europe. Let Europe solve this problem. It's rich. It will solve. It's absolutely right. Strikes on infrastructure that should put the whole life of the Ukrainian state in disarray is also a format of raging war. And this person, by the way, is one of the usual guests at Solovyov's programs, and his rhetoric is always like that. He His hate speech 
uh, is overwhelming and um, and when you get used to listen to his calls on attacking Ukraine, killing Ukrainian people and soldiers, you gradually get used to this aggressive rhetoric. Rhetoric, But when he says something about deportation, about so-called liberation of Ukrainian territory from Ukrainians, it's already, you know, a new level of this uh, cynicism of uh, another level of information crimes. Yes. Um, um... In parallel to that, uh, another Russian propagandist, Sergei Mardan, Sergei Mardan, who is a radio host, at um, former radio host at uh, Radio KP. What is that? Is it Komsomolska Pravda radio? Yes, it's Komsomolska Pravda, one of the most popular radio stations uh, in, in Russia, among those who are interested in politics. And then he moved to Solovyov Live. This is, uh, apart from these regular TV shows, Solovyov also... Um, leads this radio, but he's also present on YouTube, Solovyov Live TV show um, and radio show, and he's uh, one of the hosts there, right, as far as I understand? Yes, he's one of the hosts uh, on this channel. He has his uh, author program on Solovyov Live channel, uh, and at the same time, his programs are also broadcasted at uh, one of the radio stations that owned by first uh, Russia TV channel. So he's uh, widespread. He is everywhere. He can be heard not only from TV screens, from YouTube translations, but also from the radio. And it's his quote, FM. what did he say? He said, I won't hide that I think it's smart, right, and rational for everyone, for us, for citizens of, pay attention to this, of the former Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic, and for Europeans, and even for Poles, if Ukraine didn't exist. Yeah, so he actually denied the existence of the Ukrainian state. He mentioned citizens of the former Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic, as if from 1991 there was nothing, there, there was a stateless land. And by the way, this is a, a very clear propaganda propaganda trick. Uh, it's not only the denial of the existence of the nation, but also the denial of the legitimacy of a st certain state structures. This is, was brilliantly showed by Timothy Snyder in his book about Holocaust, Black Earth, that actually... One of his arguments is that wherever state structures were dissolved, especially in Central and Eastern Europe, Holocaust crimes uh, could have been made possible. In those places where states continued to exist, even when they were occupied, uh, like some states of the Western Europe, if I'm not mistaken, he was referring to Denmark, and there is a chance that uh, the Jews there were uh, would be saved. So when a person loses the state support, when there is no state that will uh, that represents this person, uh, we can of course think about Crimean Tatars who were taken literally all of them in 1944, all of them, until the the last individual put into the wagons uh, for cattle and moved to Uzbekistan to Central Asia. Uh, if no state can protect you, then you're absolutely unprotected against the uh, big repression machine. And therefore, I think this argument that, you know, Ukraine does not exist, you are only the citizens of the former Ukrainian Soviet Socialist Republic, you are citizens of something former state, 
think it it um, resonates with the Stalinist idea of former people, бывшие люди, бывшая страна, бывшая Украина, as they often say, by the way, Russian propagandists, бывшая Украина, the former Ukraine. Uh, it's it's also very important. It, it also is a is a line with the Stalinist uh, rhetoric, the Stalinist language. And the last personality, one of the most notorious ones, who is called Anton Krasovsky. Can you tell us a little bit about him, who he is, and uh, what is he uh, notorious about? Yes, I will tell you tell about it. Just let me add a small remark to what you've just said about this former nations uh, issue. Um, I've also noticed that this former um, former concept is used on some Russian propagandists' websites. For example, Russian, Russia Today, Russian service, uh, uses the name former Soviet Union for the news uh, that concerns primarily Ukraine. So they don't even uh, call this section as news from Ukraine or something close to that, uh, or news from front lines. They just call it former Soviet Union. That's the the scale, the scope of their uh, rejection of our existence. And going back to Anton Krasovsky, he is a very notorious journalist. He used to be a director of the Russian Broadcasting Service uh, in Russia today. Uh, till 2022, after that, he was um, he was fired from there. We all know his. Uh, words about Ukrainian children. He told that they should be uh, drawn in rivers or burned in Ukrainian houses, like small Ukrainian houses in Western Ukraine. And after these words, he actually was fired. It was like a public symbol, public uh, gesture, but he didn't stop his activity. He uh, continues um, recording his author program, he is present in Mediascape, he is uh, respected by other journalists, and he doesn't stop saying awful things about Ukraine. And uh, when the missile, this massive missile attack started in October 2022, um, in one of his author programs, which um, is broadcasted online, he told that every day brings joy. I really enjoy and adore seeing our Russian rockets flying over the territory of the so-called Ukraine and hit the targets. In fact, this is one of the happiest moments in my life, he said. Yes, this is interesting to ask him now what he's thinking about. I also remember these images when he's standing on his balcony and when there was news that Russia's, uh, Russia started this massive missiles that he was kind of a dancing and, and happy and smiling and laughing so showing his greatest joy when a russian missile is going on ukrainian territory and hitting a civilian uh, object and a power plant or eventually hitting a residential house and killing dozens of people dozens of people and this bastard we cannot call him in different words this bastard is just uh, dancing from joy and uh, enjoying this. So this is probably one of the top notorious propagandists 
together with Solovyov and Kisilov, this Anton Anton Krasovsky. And his firing from Russia today, I think it was so cynical when this Margarita Simonyan, the head of Russia today, pretended she's so moral because you cannot really call to kill children. Right? That's that's what he she pretended, that's what she said. And therefore, she would fire him. As if Russia Today and Ria Novosti and all these propagandist shows were not calling to kill Ukrainian children before. Maybe not in this language, but in a different language. Or, by the way, what they're doing now is is the deportation of Ukrainian children. We hear the stories from the occupied territories all the time. They're basically taking children and under the mask under the uh, disguise that they will be protecting them from the missiles that they are sending themselves, they are uh, they are, you know, deporting them to Russia, to Crimea. They splitting up the families. They splitting up uh, the children from their mothers and fathers, and they try to refurbish, reforge these Ukrainian children into Russians, keep them alive physically, but destroy and annihilate their, their identity. This is also the tactics they use. So um, this was our um, analysis of the Russian propaganda, Russian genocidal propaganda. You can see that there are lots of statements, uh, lots of these messages, which are actually saying that Ukraine does not exist, should not exist, that Ukrainians should not exist, should be killed, deported, denazified. Uh, we use, of course, ironically. Um, and this is the Russian information space is full with these statements. Thank you, Nastya. Thank you so much for this analysis. Uh, I talked to Anastasia Heresemchuk, who is analyst and journalist at Ukraine World and is currently working on the database of Russian propagandists. I hope we will publish it quite soon. There will be profiles of uh, up to 100 of these people so that we learn about them in more detail. Explaining Ukraine is a podcast by Ukraine World, a website in English about Ukraine. Uh, follow us on social networks. Also, uh, you can support us on patreon.com slash Ukraine World. You can also support our volunteer trips to the front line at PayPal, ukraine.resisting.gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Follow us, stand with us and stand with Ukraine. Thank you.